Hello, and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porcio. I'm your other host, Dan Colburn. And uh, Daniel, today's episode is brought to us by Extra the Toasty Cheez-Its. Sunshine. Okay. In the morning sunshine. Kissing the Extra Toasty Cheez-Its. Caleb, did you know that you are a different person in the morning? Is that right? You're so high energy today. <laughs> like, it seems like you just like really woke up on the right side of the bed. Maybe it's all that... Uh, orlando magic rubbing off on you it's a part of it the door is open the pond fountain is going i did yoga i do yoga in the mornings at the in the lanai with the sunshine like it's i live in the lanai i do i like i take my shirt off and i do yoga with the sun (laughs) i do my sun salutations don't tell github that or they're gonna try and put that picture on a blog post about you a yoga picture yeah, I feel like it would go well with like your fishing picture and all that other one on that on their like right you know, all right, those right. pictures where it's yeah, like they'd... Caleb Porzio does his daily activities. I know. Did we ever talk about that? I think so. I they, still think it's hilarious. They so. they were like, hey, like we we want to pay a photographer to do a photo shoot and for they the paid post, Hannah, right? and they paid Hannah, and, and they yeah they sent a very specific list of like all the shots they want, and then a list of like. Yeah, and then like go do so like, your does, natural habitat. And I'm like, all right. Does he by any chance do yoga on the lanai? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I know. So that that's a part of it. That that's that. But then there's also tea in the morning, and that's a big part of the energy. But yeah, you got sun. It's like seventy something degrees out. I mean, come on, Daniel. Right? What's not to love? I mean, you look like hell. Seventy degree weather. You. Yeah, well, I, I'm. You're so angry. We are on different spectrums of energy right now. Um, I just ended a heroic all-nighter where I got off a call with my European client at the ripe old hour of 4.30 in the morning. And then I started to go to bed. And then I was like, I can't fucking sleep. Plus, I've got Pothead's code to be writing. So I just hammered out the greatest refactor of all time and it's sitting in beta testing right now being tested by my loyal cadre of pothead beta testers i opened it up and i tested it it seems to be working works like a dog what do you know about like the new javascript ecosystem um i don't know daniel probably nothing tell me which of these words mean something to you swr well as of this morning i now understand it and i I like it because you sent it to me (laughs) yep i mean i'm not on with that i know that's like a huge thing that people are into these days up and coming thing prisma i've looked into it a little bit uh Uh, ooh, no i i get confused with that in prismic which is a headless cms so i don't know what prisma is planet scale no idea okay great i'm about to explain some words to you caleb okay so we we i already sent you a link to swr so i kind of spoiled the fun but we'll talk about swr in a sec but okay okay i'll start from the end wait wait planet scale yes um i don't know there's just so much to talk about so just launch into it planet scale is a database provider it's serverless databases okay um so you can have a mysql or postgres or mongo database yep and it's totally serverless and so because it's totally serverless you can have branches okay tied to your github branches 
And like okay. you can like pull requests. They're called deployment requests, but you can pull requests from branch to branch and do all this craziness. I don't totally understand how their diffing algorithm works. So far, I've just been pull requesting schema changes, not like data changes. So for your they... pothead stuff that like everything I've done with the pothead thing before I pass the torch over to Mr. Decol, I did not kept it completely either. Any state is either on chain or, or in a JSON file. it's right or in a JSON file on the app itself. But I like avoided a database. So what I'm getting from you is you did the obvious good thing which is use a database for a bunch of cool database. stuff and the thing that i ran into was serverless database so you're saying that planet scale is the answer for serverless planet databases scale is the answer yes. okay and does this work with and laravel then, like it just offers you like a mysql yeah. endpoint Woo. yeah like you could oh. use planet scale as your back end for your laravel app. daddy daycare come yeah, on exactly oh and they have right. a nice landing page what just what you'd expect yeah so we started all the way at the back end with planet scale which is amazing Let's move one step further forward to Prisma. What is Prisma, you say? We Google it. What is it? I think it's Prisma.io. It's basically an ORM. It's an ORM. Um, it's kind of an ORM, but it also, like, they have a cloud service that sort of works like Forge. Okay. And that, like, Forge will, like, configure an AWS or DigitalOcean server for you. Okay. This their little cloud server, their little cloud service will like configure a Heroku, a Heroku database or a Planet Scale database for you to be used as the backend for your ORM. Okay. So like you, it's kind of like a serverless. Oh, it's a serverless ORM to go with your serverless oh, database. Oh, very cool. So the yes. ORM is tightly coupled to the well, like it it manages the database the connection database. correct like because obviously like eloquent manages the database but eloquent doesn't manage the database connection per se correct so this orm manages the database connection and so you you end up with a schema.prisma file in your okay. repository oh right? it and just like finds the schema and like populates and this file it's very similar to just like typescript types right they're yeah. just like <gasps> these declared things oh and like you just do, you just say like hey this this one is an id and this right. one is unique and this one is nullable yep. whatever and then you just have these types and so yep. then you anywhere in your javascript front end or back end you can just go new prisma connection yep um or new prisma client and then you can so prisma const prisma equals new prisma client yeah and then you just go prisma.nft.create and then you just pass it a bunch of shit and it creates a new nft in your nfts table because it knows what an nft is the the api for it is very good it has like update it has an upsert method which is like uh update cool. or create right um so it's just like it's sort of a very lightweight but like very good orm it has relationships it has all this stuff you know okay and if you want to perform a migration uh, you mean like adding, changing the schema? Sure, yeah. So you modify your schema in your file. Uh -huh. And then you just npx prisma db push. Okay. And it pushes. Nice. So okay. anyway, that's prisma. So we've gone like database, then slightly forward to the ORM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Remix.js, I have not done that refactor yet, but that's coming soon. So Really? We, You're refactoring like, to Remix? Correct. Interesting. Here's why. I As opposed to, to Next.js? Well, yes. I want to use and learn Remix, right? Okay. And we have 
currently two Next.js apps and a random front-end only React app, I think, yep. mm -hmm. that make up the Potheads NFT website. Yeah. Um, I want these to all be one code base. Um, sure. And so I'm like, well, I want to move all these things into one code base. I also want to try out Remix. Yeah. Like this Potheads for me is a project of like, okay, pretend you were a JavaScript only developer. Yeah, like, right. What, yeah. What same. are all the things, you know? Yeah, I don't think I and used so, a lick of PHP. Yeah. And so like, I'm like, well, everyone's saying Remix is the new hot shit. So I got to try it. So yeah. that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all Great. three of these apps and like merge them into one big daddy Remix app. So that's going to be cool. Great. I'm very interested in to hear your remix report and comparisons with Next. Me too. <laughs> I also am excited. I mean, just the error boundary stuff seems insane. Have you seen their like error boundary stuff that they have? No, is that that's unique to Remix? I don't know, but it's like it's like sort of default in Remix. Okay. You know, where it's like if part of your page crashes, only that part of your page crashes. Yep. Like in a cool way. Um, mm. So anyway, that is something I'm interested in. Um, so Remix is the next thing. So that's like a little bit more front end than Prisma. Then further forward, even than that, is SWR, which I sent you a link to. It is a package maintained by Vercel. Okay. And it's like a data fetching god package. Yep. For React or for, I guess, for anything, but this is the React version of it that I'm using. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, the way that it works is you, it gives you a React hook and you basically say data, comma, error. Like you destructure data and error. Yep. And you say equals use SWR and then you pass in an API endpoint. Yep. And it will basically onload fetch data from that api endpoint mm -hmm. so when data is null you know it's loading mm -hmm. um and uh if there's an error you know it failed yeah. and if data is not null and there's not an error you know it was successful mm -hmm. so you just always depend on those states so you never have to set an is loading or anything anywhere yep. if data is null then loading is true right so well that's the that's the equivalent, right? You don't have to manually set the is loading, sure. You never is have to manage a loading state. Right. But isn't that like, you know, if sort of the same deal? Like if I had a view component that had loading set to true by default, then in the init or whatever, I don't know how view works anymore, you do a AJAX request. And then in the success of that, you set loading equal to false. That's the equivalent. You could just skip the loading part and just depend on the data variable being null and then set to an object, like you're saying, right? Like, I don't think that's, that's not unique, right? Uh, yes, that is not unique. The only, the thing that I, that I took from it that was like, oh, this is interesting is that, um, well, A, it, you can configure it to keep your data fresh. Um, you configure it to keep your data fresh in many ways. Right. And the coolest thing about it is mutation. So mutation is optimistic data fetching. So you can just pass some data in the same format as the data you got back okay from an endpoint so you got an index of like a bunch of nfts right yeah. mm -hmm. and they're all like in the nft format mm -hmm. um hypothetical you could just yeah you could just like push a couple of nfts 
yep. onto that thing. Right. Okay. It will trigger a fetch. Those, well, first it will incorporate them into the cached thing, and yep. then it will trigger a new fetch. Okay. And so then it will it basically like assumes that it's going to succeed, but then it has like if it doesn't succeed, it like rolls it back with the new data it got from the fetch and throws an error. Okay. So hold on a sec. So in this scenario. Because I, I didn't see anything about this mutation stuff. The the things that I saw that were like cool and unique are like, oh, this is a way to, n- to basically keep data fresh if you want via polling. I'm sure there's like WebSocket support or something. And, yeah. also, and also use the cache mm-hmm. so that like they'll cache your data. So if you refresh the page, it'll just use the last fetched data. It'll like use Correct. the URI, the URL or whatever, or URI, I don't know, whatever, as a key for the cache. Um mm-hmm which is really cool. And also like prefetching the data while the rest of the JavaScript on the page is loading, like Mm -hmm. that stuff looked really cool. So what you're saying is if I had, if I have this NFTs list, so on page load, I'm showing a list of NFTs, 20 NFTs in a table or whatever. Yes. And that list came from your cache. So let's start there. Okay. Why not come? Can we start coming from the server to be as like, okay. So like you've never loaded this page, never loaded the page. I just load the page. It. So first data is null. And I show yes. some loading state while mm-hmm. SS or SWR is fetching this list of NFTs. Mm-hmm. Now data turns into an object in my React component. So all the rest of the React component loads, it shows all the NFTs. And in the background, SWR took that data, put it in a cache with the key of that URI. Mm-hmm. So if I refresh the page, it shows instantly no loading state. Mm-hmm. But I imagine it it shows from the cache, but it also does a fetch in the background after loading from the cache. So SWR stands for stale while revitalizing. Right, okay. So, As opposed to just like not available while revalidating. Is it revalidating? revalidating. Yeah, yeah, revalidating. yeah, revalidating. Sorry, revitalizing. Um, yeah, I like stale revitalizing. While, stale while revalidating. So basically, any time that it's fetching, it's going to show you the cached version. Right. Um, which is dope. Yeah, that's very cool. So okay, then there are a million options that you can pass in. So you can set a polling number if you want. That's kind of that's kind of like the brute force way to like make sure your data is fresh is to like right. set a poll, right? Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. it's just like a revalidate every three hundred milliseconds or yeah. every ten seconds or thirty seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, the cool guy way to do it is you can revalidate on focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, revalidate on page load, uh, revalidate on all sorts of things. Revalidate, revalidate on focus would be any focus event on the page? Um, yeah. So if you like switched tabs and then came back, it would revalidate your data. Oh, I see. On page focus, I see. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, on component focus, but component gets focused when the page gets focused. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's like... A million like just revalidate on mm. hooks that default to some set of yeah that's pretty defaults. cool okay you can uh revalidate on mount you can revalidate you can revalidate on a million different sure things. okay so that's crazy cool yep then mutate you just call this mutate method with the same api string that you used in the hook yep like the same like url string okay. used in the hook and it takes that to mean so you can just call mutate, but not pass anything in for a second parameter. Um, and it will just like refetch that. Okay. Like it'll find the hook that relates to that URL string and yeah. it'll refresh it. Sure. So you can call that in the callback of something. 
that's you your that's just a way to it's like that might as well just be called refresh and then pass in the uri correct for that use so case you, and so like the cool thing about it is like it lets you like write progressively better code because you you end up just sticking mutates everywhere where you where you want to mutate yeah and then later you go back and you like put the optimistic object second parameter in there so okay. that it actually does the like mm-hmm. instant refresh sure and then so it like updates the cache and then makes the refetch yeah. so it's like when i'm being lazy i'm just sticking mutates everywhere with no second parameter because i don't want to like format the object correctly to stick it in there mm-hmm. you know and then like later when i'm like okay now it's worth a little bit of extra time to get a little extra speed things are a little nailed down then I can like go stick those nice objects in all of my mutate calls and okay. I get that like instant. Okay, so that the first phase you described where you're not sticking those objects in the mutate calls where you're just using them as refreshes, mm-hmm. it doesn't give you anything, right? All that would do would re- All it, it would, does is refresh, refresh the data. Right, but it, it wouldn't know to wait. Like I'm picturing, so if you have like a add NFT button or something mm-hmm. and normally this add NFT button sends a request to the server with some little bit of JSON to add to the pile or whatever, then when that comes back, you would refresh the data. Correct. But in this case, you call mutate right when you send the request out to the server, right? Um, so you would call mutate twice. Got so it. You would, yes. You would call it at the beginning and then at the end. Interesting. So, yeah, okay. I mean, and that's fine. You just like any post request you do, you send a get request out at the beginning of it and a get request at the end so i know that there is a way to like uh specify shit with your mutate i don't like like i think there's a way to like avoid the first request right you probably want to just do like fully understand it patch the cache data and don't send a request yeah and there it's like a third parameter or something where you basically say like mutate stupidly like mutate blindly basically Mm -hmm. yeah you know and then we'll revalidate it when the request comes back. Interesting. So when I'm st- when I start writing it, I just like stick mutates everywhere. Yeah. And then like I start like going in and fiddling with their options to like optimize the experience like yep. over time, like as the page starts to like okay settle in, you know. Right. Anyway, I'm like obsessed with it. I think it's like if you are gonna be writing React and mm-hmm. and these types of apps like you definitely as fuck should not be making like Axios calls to APIs and then Mm. like dealing with the state of the data that way. Like just let this library do it for you. It's so much better. Interesting. Okay. So the benefit, the primary benefit that this gives you is the optimistic is like keeping is adding optimistic updates, but keeping it in the same data, like only dealing with one data structure basically. Or like just the kind, kind of the of, plumbing being like taken care of for the you. The number of use effects that this gets rid of for me is insane. Really? Okay. Yeah, because there's like use effects that I would do all the time where it's like when this thing changes, do this, like do this other thing. Right. right? Uh-huh. So like, you know, I like say I get, say I have like a post request that comes, say I have like multiple post requests that could like add one, like a multiple store methods yep. or stores and updates, right? Mm-hmm. So on a store... I want to refetch the index on an update. I also want to refetch the index. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I might like put that in a use effect that gets triggered when something, when some piece of data changes. Right. And like often I'll like stick it in a use effect 
And I don't know, I, I can't think of a perfect example, but like there's a lot of times where like I'll stick shit and use effects that are that are getting called when data changes, which changes on a response coming back. Right. You should, and s- what about like, um, I don't know if this works. I was thinking like a use effect that when data changes, it fetches and resets the data without triggering itself. Right, right, right. That's a thing I was, that's actually an example that I had in this app before this review. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. Like, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so I had a refresh wallet and refresh staking wallet in this staking app. Mm-hmm. So like when you finish, when the transaction concludes, the Solana transaction, it would then like, call the use of it would trigger something in the data which would then like make the use effect refetch those two things yep so like anyway that being said i now no longer have to do that at all it's just yeah interesting i almost feel like that is nicer it's not than this because this you have to well let let me think with with the if with this use effect little setup you could just what you do you just set it up at the beginning and then you just mutate the data it's like, you're good to go. Just make the optimistic update that you're going to have to make anyway. Yeah, but then you have to make it. What do you mean? Like, you have to mutate the data. Right, but don't you have to do that in the remix setup? I mean, kind of. You, you, you have to do it, but you have to use their API. So it right. seems like a trade-off there. It's like, and I would think that, like, like, what if you're patching one and you're not just adding one to the stack? Like, how do you do that with, with the SWR API, you know, do you have to like specify a key to like look up an object in an array by to then update and specify like that's a good question. I haven't actually you know done a patch yet. Yeah. Um, but here's here's the sick thing, right? So if yeah. your store method, mm-hmm. if your store API endpoint returns the data in the format that you need yep. to mutate, you don't have to do the second. Then you just await step. it. Okay. Well, no, you you just await it, and then you just put that await right into your mutate so it's two lines oh. there's no oh, thens yeah. there's no bullshit, right, you know right. yeah it's yeah. so pretty like the code yeah. just like looks sick when you do it right 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 yeah that's pretty cool I mean, just like directly returning the the op well so yeah so in a patch right in a patch it would be returning the thing in a push it would be returning the collection of things or in a push would it i guess you would just always be returning the thing that you were concerned about in a delete that would be interesting i don't know what do you return from a delete response that's this is like basic question. rest stuff that like i don't even know or yeah. care about um, that's a good question that i will figure out for yeah time. anyway long story short this library is sick like just the convenience methods of like all the refreshing and stuff yes it's nuts like, yeah it's the coolest nuts. thing the thing that that piqued my interest was the just like oh yeah what if you just wrapped up every fetch call in like a middleware that cached the results with the key being the uri and just did it automatically so that like when you refresh the page and whatever it just you get it all instantly and it's like that's just a super useful little utility and and like stuff like that like on focus refresh the thing yeah i just wrote that for a react native app for my client work Mm mm-hmm in a use effect yeah you mm-hmm. know like it's yeah. just that it's that right. stuff where it's like yo like this is so good like mm-hmm. this is these are just things where it's like 
these are the things that you never implement, even though you're like, oh, this would be a good thing for me to implement, but yeah. I'm not going to waste time on it because I got to get this feature done. Right. So yeah. I'm not going to like waste time building this like on focus, refresh the data a little bit. Right. But here you get it for free. Yep. You know, there's just so much like, there's so much good programming that you get for free. here. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, the prefetch stuff, like. Prefetching is crazy. That's very yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out like, how does this apply to Livewire? Um, cause I'm going to be undertaking the rewrite pagination. It comes with pagination too. Yeah. I looked at that. That looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. And like, you know, we already have prefetching and we have the back button stuff where like history state where if you hit the back button, it just like takes the last request and, you know, subs it out. Anyway, I don't know. It's just like a really fun thought path to go down is like, how can you make how can you make the experience, you know, if Livewire is just a bunch of Ajax requests, how can you apply these principles to Livewire and make the experience as optimistic as possible? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like any time if I maybe like serialized every update, like if there was a button update, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example where you could do something like Yeah, all right. Well, so if it was like if there was a button that's like a set count or something, you know. You have like an input field and then a button. Okay, there's a counter. You got a button. But instead of like increment and decrement, sure, it could be increment and decrement, whatever. But like the thing that gets sent to the server is like set count to two or set count to one, you know? And then basically like Livewire could internally store a cache of all the responses, you know, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of every payload. So it's like if if in one component the same sort of payload signature quote unquote you know gets mm-hmm. sent like instantly show the stale thing and then uh show the real thing after you know it's like swr the, the swr that whole request yeah, but yeah, yeah there would have to be an I, an api for you to opt into this because there's so many times where if you think about in the increment case where like if, if you think about in the set count case this works great because it's deterministic like if you set count to two if that's the payload of like, hey, Livewire, set the count variable to two, then mm-hmm. you can rely like, great, every time that happens, you, it's going to look the same. But in the increment scenario where you're just sending to Livewire like, hey, call the increment method, mm-hmm. then every time you hit increment, you want it to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. But if it uses the cache version, it's just going to use the last, you know, response, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. which may be fine because if you're well in the increment case, it's fine. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to be Dude, intentional about the optimism. How crazy would it be if like machine learning got like fast and small enough that like you could have like a machine learning thing on the front end that like analyzed what the increment method did right. and just like made its best guess oh about gosh. what the response was going to be. Dude, that would be nuts. Just literally like you feed. validated by the actual response. You just feed the AI the, the, the request and then the response. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just feed those two things and then have it guess be. the responses. Yeah, that'd be insane. GitHub Copilot, like Chrome Copilot. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that would be very um, cool. We should do that, w- Daniel. One more crazy like SWR use case. So like sometimes you have cascading data where yep. like you have to fetch one piece of data first and then feed it to the next piece of data. Yeah. So like say you need to go fetch the user and then you feed the user into the thing that gets the user's posts. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you can just like set up a bunch of little SWRs in a row. Mm-hmm. And so the first one is user. And so like it automatically handles this whole like 
okay, as soon as the user loads, then we're going to fetch the next thing because that thing depends on the user and the user has now right. loaded. And so you could like, that's all like use effect business. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, the magic of the effect. Yeah. You just got, got rid of a bunch of use effects and replaced it with a bunch of one liners that you had to write anyway. Cause it was use states. Yeah. Right. So like now you mm-hmm. no longer have this use state and you just have this like random like hook that has replaced like six lines of code. Yeah. It's amazing. Use effect is very good. And the thing that's interesting to me about React is how it got so far and it feels so good and feels so reactive, even though like you manually trigger everything and configure all forms of reactivity. Where in Mm -hmm. Vue, like Vue just has an effect or watch effect or whatever function and it detects the dependencies of that callback automatically, you know? Yeah. Um, that's like the, the difference between React and Vue fundamentally, I think is that React, you configure what dependencies you're, you're reacting to, mm-hmm. um, which is more boilerplate and more work, but yeah. it gives you finer tuned control for sure. You feel like close to the metal. For you sure. feel closer to the metal. It feels very like, it feels so deterministic maybe, or predictable, yeah, yeah. at least to uh-huh. me. As opposed to using something like Vue is like at the core of it, there's a system that is gnarly Opie. and that's the reactive, the reactive uh, or reactivity library. Like that's, yeah, it's opaque. It's opaque and it's guessing so many things, you know, it's like, it's guessing what things you want to be reactive and what things you don't, you know, where with React, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. They, they just like sacrifice that little bit of nicety and they get a whole lot yeah and then like if it you feels want very those cool. things like someone has made a hook that you can go get yeah that's gonna like give you just a nice little method that takes one argument that will do everything right yeah but like you can you can take it all the way down to the metal yep it's yeah just it's a, i mean the concept of hooks is really fun to me um yeah. because like the first pass they're all firing off but subsequent passes, they're transparent, you know, like, like use effect, like use effect is like smart inside. Next time it runs, it's going to be like, Hey, should I run this thing? Like, it's not going to run it, right? It's not, it's never going to run it in the same next time. it runs. So like, if you have a react component, Uh you do some stuff, whatever. And then you have use effect with like a callback inside that does something like console.log. Hello. And it Mm -hmm. depends on some piece of data to change or something. It's, it's going to run does it run the first time in like call order? So like as... Yeah, it runs the first time. It runs the first time in line, right? Like yes. as if you didn't wrap it in use effect. Uh, no, it runs... Oh, it, no, it's like defers it till, the, till you finish the thingy, right? The thingy. Till you finish yes. rendering the component. Um, Isn't I, that how use effect works? Like you could return a callback from it um, or you could return a callback from the callback to run after like one tick after or something and then i think that's correct yeah i think maybe the callback runs at the end of the render or maybe dude i don't even know maybe just the use effect hook runs the next render it runs before the component renders and if you return a callback it's after the component renders yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't the level of like you can go hog wild with like memoization in yeah in react like i did it on the previous version of this component because it got really gnarly yeah. Um. And it was like, I was use memoing all of my constants, mm. 
and then I was use callbacking all of my methods. What is use callback? So use callback is just like use effect, but you um you define the um you define the dependencies of the callback. So, gotcha. And don't isn't and that then, what you do in use effect though? Right, but if you wanted to use a function within use effect and you oh, wanted I see to this know return, whether or use not callback to rerun that function thingy. Right? Like say I say I used a function within use effect, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I wanted to basically say like, well, if the ingredients to the return value of that function haven't changed, let's not go through the trouble of running that function. Let's just memoize the result ah, from last time we ran it. Oh, dope. So it's like computed values. It's like computer properties or something in, in view where they're like cache. Oh, dope. So use callback is just like, hey, here's a callback and here's some dependencies. If they you use these dependencies as like a memoization key. Correct. Whatever, like, and then create a cache. And so then if this callback then, gets oh, run and it. those dependencies haven't changed, yeah. just give me the memoized result. Right, okay. React, Caleb yeah. discovers React 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so then what's yeah, dope great. is you can like pass use callbacks as dependencies to use effects. It's dependencies to use effects, okay. So... Ah, so you're creating a dependency chain. Correct. Based on... And then you yeah, can okay. pass your use memos yep. into your use callbacks. Pass so your you use can, memos into your use callbacks, okay. As, as the dependencies of the use callback. Correct. Yeah, okay. And so then you like have uh, this whole fucking dependency chain where like the only things that can change are like use states. And yeah. Like, use okay. states can like I trigger see. like the whole waterfall effect of like only the necessary thing code running. Interesting. So it's yeah, very, that's very cool. cool. That it's is a little very cool. like when you do it, it kind of sucks. Like your code looks like trash. Yeah. It does do it. it does look like trash. I will agree. Um, <laughs> and as and to somebody who i mean i guess it's not fully fair because i'm not a real react developer but when i encounter those things like i don't know i'm just like they're i guess specifically the deeper hooks when i see use callback and use memo those are the ones that i kind of gloss over yeah um no i agree i think yeah i think that shit's all trash but yeah it's like but it is so like dope. what you have to do and yeah. when you're doing it you kind of feel like a god like you've got your right. hands in the belly of the beast yeah you do and it's very cool yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, this is, we've talked about this, but I, I think we feel similarly about React, which is funny because there's no like React versus Vue here. I think, I think both, well, I don't want to say that we're both fans of React over Vue because that just, I don't want to just paint I, it I'm in that light. I'm strongly a fan of React over Vue. Sure. But we both like really appreciate React or like even yeah. to the amount that I like rail on that like type of thing, like it, it's, yeah, it's a fantastic yeah, no. tool. But we both think it's doo-doo as well. Like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of React, and specifically, here's what it is about React. <laughs> React lets me succumb to my baser instincts of just leaving a mess mm-hmm. and not cleaning it up, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, and that's how I feel about Next too, man. Like, interesting. Just having those API routes. Yeah. Like, those are I great. Put anything in there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's like, you should see how they were before oh, like this that, refactor. Though. They were messy and now they're clean-ish hmm. um but like i don't know it's a I, black I'm a box fan of Next, you could just bro. stick whatever in there yeah and like well that, no i mean classes. that's the, the that's the whole there's thing no... is like you can be a complete pig in one file 
Yeah, but it's like... And it doesn't no. really bleed out very much, yeah. you know? I don't know. But something you're about not, like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would never do this to a controller method in, in Laravel. Yeah, right. Like, I would never treat a controller method the way I treat Dude, a next API. I am like two developers. I There are <laughs> no, two developers seriously? living inside of me. Mm-hmm. When I'm like in Laravel zone mode... Well, I shouldn't yeah. even, dude, even like Alpine components, the app, well, the Alpine oh, yeah. Docs app where it's all like housed in there, mm-hmm. it's not that nice. Like there's a lot of parts of it that are not nice. And I'm like, if somebody, this is the equivalent of like, you know, it's funny. The, I the don't things write that I, shitty Alpine code. I only write like sick Alpine. Uh, that's, uh, that's like a little bit self-serving. Well, right. Like, I guess Alpine, I'm not talking about Alpine. I don't know if okay. I write shitty Alpine. <laughs> can Alpine you? Alpine makes me write good yeah, code. Yeah, you can write Laravel shitty makes Alpine. me write good code. Right. Livewire makes me write good code. Is it just because React? we know the tools so well? Because like, yeah, anything I've written in React is no, horse it's shit. They're opinionated. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Whereas fucking these things are not. They're just yep. like, hey, bro, you trying to fucking do drugs and fucking write code? Like, welcome. Yeah. It's JavaScript, baby. I guess I've like forgotten how opinionated, or I lose sight of how opinionated Laravel is. It's the most opinionated. It is the most opinionated. It just gives you like, it's not like They're if like, React is a hey, sandbox, really shouldn't it's be like putting that there. Yep. Yeah. It's and like, like what are you cool doing? Here's is, the place that you put that thing. And this is a thing that you've inherited from Taylor, and I've also inherited from Taylor for my own code. But like, the thing with both with the with Laravel is that like the way it tells you it shouldn't be there is just because, like, the method looks all wonky when it's that big. Mm. Like, there's something about, like, the way that the code is structured in Laravel mm-hmm. that, like, lends itself to you knowing about how big the code in a controller method should be. Yeah. You're like, it should be about yay big. <laughs> and, like, I can tell that I'm making a design error here Yeah, because it's not about yay big, mm-hmm. you know? And, like... I would intuit that Taylor has probably provided a place for me to put this type of code because Taylor wouldn't want me to write it when it's not about yay big. So I'm going to go to the docs and see if there's something where I'm supposed to be putting stuff like this. Hmm. And lo and behold, there is. And like, that's like JSON resources to me. They were missing for so long. Yeah, they were. But, and like, everyone was like, take over fractal do fract build your own fractal you know Mm -hmm. yeah but like json resources to me were always the missing thing where it's like surely taylor doesn't want me to do this in my controller method yeah that that would make it not about yay big right he wouldn't want that for me i mean really there's kind of a what you're getting at is the the laravel aesthetic is like short things it's yay big that's big. the Laravel aesthetic is yay big. And you have that it's in mind when big. you're using Laravel. And about yay indented as well. Like yes. The, yay big and indented no for sure. No crazy indentation levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like things should line up on the page. Your variables should be the same length. Yeah. Just like, you know, don't be a monster. Yeah. Daniel, uh, I have a question for you. Why does everyone like TypeScript except for me? Caleb, it's not just you. Is it you too? It's also me. It's also okay. me. Why is TypeScript like unanimously adored? So he, here's, let me tell you why. Is this like I what when feeling... people say like, why does everybody love Tailwind? I think it's garbage because it looks like, are we, are we Tailwind haters? And... We're about to find out because I'm about to have to learn TypeScript. 
Okay. I have successfully written all of this code, so much code, yeah. without learning TypeScript. Yeah. In fact, I removed TypeScript from some of your code that I inherited. Um, nice. Because I was like, get out of here. Most what any TypeScript that? that I've written was just to get it to straight up compile. Yeah. Because like it works locally, but there's some like stricter setting in prod. Yeah. So like I would deploy and it'd be like, oh, you have to say colon any because everything you write can always be nullable because you're an animal. Right. There was some like there were some like helper files that you had. And I was yeah. like, I want to use these in my JavaScript app. And I oh, can't yeah. Because they're a TypeScript. So I got to like, fix all, them. Right. Those are all from Metaplex. From Metaplex. Internal yeah. I basically, like, stuff. I yeah. basically like decided for Metaplex that it shouldn't be written in TypeScript. I think um, like we could both agree. I always appreciate it when I get good autocompletion in anything. When I, when I just get I really good autocompletion, like, I'm like, this is really nice. I like I that. like auto completion. I like being able to option click on the method name and go see what the yeah what the returns. Well, the are. issue with that is that anytime and like I again, you I mean, end I'm up in the index. End up in the freaking yes, you whatever. end up in the yeah. TypeScript definition. I'm like, this is useless, and then I have to source dive my way to the actual source code, which well, is like, usually compiled garbo. Oh man! Like, can we just all agree? Like, the TypeScript definitions should be in line next to the method declaration. Yeah, like a doc block or something. That's so stupid that they're separate. Yeah, like what oh, is wrong man. with you? Come on! Yeah, that is so it's stupid. Bad. It's really <laughs> I'm bad. so mad about that. Um. Okay, but here, here's the deal. We're pissing people off today. I know. I don't give a shit. Um, we don't care. <laughs> so here's the deal. I'm about to become a TypeScript developer. Okay. Yep. And here's why. Yep. I am publishing soon a pretty big open source library of Solana utilities. Whoa, boy. And Danzel. Diesel. That's funny. Diesel. I like that. D don't. Oh God. Diesel. <laughs> New Twitter name incoming. <laughs> um. And I'll use the little, the little Solana O symbol. I don't um, know what that is. Isn't it an S? Okay. No, it's like an oh, o I know, yeah, the circle yeah. O thing, yeah. yeah. Right. Anyway, right. Um, the so I'm about to publish this thing, and it's going to be full of objects, yeah, like transaction objects right. and uh, transfer objects and stuff. And I'm going to want to put methods on those objects, yeah, you know. And like, it just seems like right that if I'm going to be publishing this library and I have the types coming out of Solana's thing. And I'm going to be transmuting them into my own types that are better. Yep. Like, I should not, like, remove types, you know? Yep. And so I'm going to write this as a TypeScript library. Because it just seems like the responsible thing to do if I'm putting it out into the world. I don't know, man. Alpine has no TypeScript. what I am going to do is stick my are... goddamn... Yeah, but Alpine's Alpine. Like, Yeah, you're not, like, using it. In other stuff, in other maybe I don't know. Yeah, so, so it's not like some. There is actually developers. a TypeScript definition, like you know the like types right. I know, repository. Yeah. Somebody did if that. You, but. If you publish, if you publish a JavaScript library and don't do that, this is the first pull request. Yeah, it's like, uh, what about TypeScripts? And also, what about my CSP? Um, yeah, those, <laughs> there's a yeah pull request open for that. <laughs> the what about my CSP pull request? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's Dude, it's I, whatever I they're yelling at me for. I mean, I for am like one. eight months. What's that? 
I ignored the what about my CSP pull request on Ziggy for like eight months and then I finally merged it. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a shame. It actually is a thing. Like I you know there's there's like a class of people who are just saying that to be like no, no, they're annoying. right. I get it. But there's I a class of right. people who work at places that that's mandatory and they have to pass that. I know, I know. But I, but I'm, I mean, no, I'm agreeing with you that it's like, come on, this come on, dogs, quit, work somewhere else, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like your family's not that hungry, you know? Like don't, <laughs> right? Just like you don't have to feed them. Don't act like developer jobs are rare. Yeah, come on now. You don't have to work at ye old banking company. Gosh, these people, Daniel. We got a lot. We got a lot to complain about. So I'm like, I am like a cutting edge, bleeding edge, modern JavaScript developer. Good for you. I just wanted to let you know, give you a little update on me, dude. I mean, it's like, well, the percentage of people that think JavaScript is moving too fast went down drastically. Um, the the JS State of JS survey just came out Mm -hmm. for 2021, and it whatever that was like one of the the takeaways. You know why that is why because like webpack is less of a thing now than it ever was in in the past like yeah maybe i promise you it's like the fact that people didn't write a webpack config this year is the reason that they don't think it's moving too fast yeah and that like i mean there's really it's like react view and maybe svelte and that's it you know like nobody nobody's really chasing i don't know there's solid and other stuff but the you know the million uh, there's one i really like called alpine.js i think the only one you ever need really it alpine is on this happen. alpine's on the state of js again is it yes did it become more or less popular uh so it became the satisfaction went down two points okay. two percentage points or not points i don't know two that's not yeah, bad two that's a rounding so error. it went from like 84 to 82 or something like that mm-hmm. um and which and then something else stayed this it, it's very weird how the how you see like the you know in the state of js those lines that go down like mm-hmm. almost everybody i think most things stayed the same from this year to last year but a ton of stuff went down because of new players that get added into the list and right, then it so bumps everybody down yeah, yeah, yeah so you might have a higher percentage in something but go down a shift go like i think rank. alpine's usage maybe went down but we doubled like it right. went from like 3% of people taking the survey use Alpine, went to 6%, um, which seems really low, but it's still higher than like yeah, stimulus like, and higher yeah. than um, lit HTML or whatever. It's just lower than all the big boys. Um, yeah. But anyway, That's it was interesting. You have more people than stimulus. Oh, it's yeah. The satisfaction is like triple or quadruple stimulus. Well, satisfaction, <laughs> stimulus, I'm, not, I'm not like... <laughs> And usage. I would imagine satisfaction would be high, but no, the fact that usage is higher than stimulus, stimulus is, is like really, you know, not to shit on stimulus here, because I know uh, what's his name listens to this podcast. Oh, I can't remember his name. He's like the one person in the Rails community that I oh, can't I remember, dude. I know Watch. your name, um, but I, I'm I'm the worst at remembering even people people's names close to me. Recalling Twitter names is what it is. I I know people face names, but Twitter names. Anyway, Daniel, yes, stimulus. Psh- super low everybody hates it <laughs> no they don't hate it but the satis- user satisfaction for stimulus is like 38 percent or some Ooh. really low number um yeah i think alpine's in the 80s and then and then there's things like what just hit 98 something just hit an all-time high Vite. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. the build tool views. That's what I'm saying. That's Vite. why 98%. That's why people don't think JavaScript's moving too fast, honestly. Everybody it's loves Vite. Vite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and ES build, you know, just is like, ne- number the fact two. That Next, like, went ahead and, uh, went ahead and like made their own mix basically yeah is primo yep yeah although their tailwind like the if you follow the tailwind docs on how to run tailwind and next yeah it is impossibly slow oh really yeah like making an update it takes 30 seconds to update on your I don't know. I had like issues, get, trouble getting Tailwind up and running in Next. Like yeah. I was like, am I an idiot? This is the silliest no, thing. No, it probably was working. It was so slow that it seemed you think like so. it wasn't. So I just downloaded, well, I downloaded like a the boilerplate, like Tailwind included in Next, like a total noob. And because uh, I couldn't do it without it. <laughs> it's like decently fast, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I literally just like made an, uh so like npm run watch like runs the next or npm run dev runs like the next watcher yeah i literally just like wrote a little shell script that uh that opens two tmux panes side by side and like runs the tailwind the native tailwind watcher in one and the npm one and so i just did it that way so now when i run npm run watch it runs like my little tmux script that does both i see yeah because I was just like, this is this is untenable. Yeah, interesting. Hoping yeah. to not have that experience when I refactor a remix. We'll see. That'll be very interesting. Because rem- on the speaking of state of JS, remix is uh, it's a pretty hot item. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's on the up and up in a big way. Yeah, it seems yep. pretty sick. Yes, the that survey is fascinating because, like, if if you just look at usage, if even if if you looked at usage, real usage. The, the server inherently just contains this huge bias of people who are into like the JavaScript world, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, if you looked at JavaScript for like jQuery is not even on, I don't think it's even on state of JS. Yeah. But jQuery is like by far the most popular JavaScript library. I should check. Maybe it is in the lib section, just not the in the frame, se- the framework section. I don't section. think it's the most popular JavaScript library, is it? Totally, dude. Like, Are you just counting that by, by like loads, by like page views no i think just by like websites in existence but that's not the same as i would say like number of lines of code written would be the most popular yeah i still think that jquery would be a tsunami compared to any of these including react do number of lines of code written it would be four percent most popular javascript framework i would say 60 percent of the javascript code written is react yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't even know how to like Google if for that. Front end JavaScript. Yeah. Anyway, maybe I I don't know, Daniel. You think that, huh? Mm-hmm. I would argue. I would say four percent tops of the JavaScript code written in twenty twenty two is jQuery. Right. Okay. So written, like written this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still think it's higher than four percent, but I hear you. You're right that it, it wouldn't. It would obviously not be the most but I think it would be pretty popular because there's that whole, you know, there's so many huge worlds that don't use these front end frameworks at all still like the dot. I'm not saying .NET world doesn't use them at all, but like Salesforce world, .NET world, Java spring boot, like all of these, you know, 
I don't know. I don't think there's that many anymore. Maybe. You could be I right. I think five years ago that was true. I don't think that's true now. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'll concede. You win, Daniel. One. <laughs> Facebook wins again. Facebook wins again. Daniel, are you ever going to get one of these? Can we talk about the VR headsets? I recorded a podcast about them and I never I'm did anything about one. it. But like, they're fun to wear, you know? They're very well, fun. I'm going to have to get one, but it, I'm kind of begrudging about it. But I'm going to, there's going to be some, like there's NFT events in VR that Great. I may want to attend. Right. Where? How? What's, give me one. Like uh, Papa Mumu, your yep. friend and mine, is speaking on Pop a panel Mo. with with the head curator of like the London Gallery of Art and a bunch of other like crazy like big time art world people okay on a panel talking about digital art in vr and it's it's papa mumu and then a bunch of people who have their real names and headshots listed and it's just him and his picture of a monkey that's awesome yeah it's like jason williams phd from right you know from the moma <laughs> and then papa <laughs> mumu <laughs> that's fantastic yeah it's great i uh i would like to attend that when is that I think it's like this weekend. I don't know. I'll so I have get to get a VR headset by this weekend. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is like, I would like to attend that too, but I don't have a VR headset. And then I'm like, do I go out and buy a VR headset to like see my friend talk on a panel? I guess. Totally. They're like, what are they? Yeah. 200 bucks? 300 bucks? I, well, that's the thing. But it's like, am I going to get a shitty VR headset? Just get the Quest 2. But I have a gaming PC. Like I should get one that I could use mm. in in real yeah. life so i should go get the it's not real life daniel just so you know right right it's virtual you real know, life. if you die in if you die in the game you die in real life really yeah wow i didn't know that um yeah i don't know i it's Dude, it's it's, I it's the current brother. uh tempting impulse buy for for mr uh, porzio here yeah i hear you i you failed my your... brother so hard how so my brother and my father collaborated to depend upon me to purchase. <laughs> they collaborated to depend upon me to first research, then recommend, and a then laptop. create a PC an online laptop. web account for my brother's college laptop. Right? <laughs> okay. So the the ask started with, um, can you look into laptops? <laughs> okay. How funny is this though that I just nailed it before yeah, you said it? Was it a right? laptop. Of course. Yeah. It was a laptop. It <laughs> because was I get asked the same question. The people yeah. who, you know, whatever. Okay. Go on. So anyway, <laughs> the ask is like, hey, can you look into laptops? I'm going to college. I don't want a Mac because I want a game. Yeah. So I want like a gaming laptop that's also like not a giant brick so I can use it for college. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, I can research. So I do research. Then the ask is like, okay, can you like make a strong recommendation of the five options you sent over? And so then I do a little bit like further research. I weigh the pros and cons. I make like two strong recommendations. I'd say it's this one or it's this one, right? Yep. They settle. I'm settled. They're going with the one that I was leaning towards, you okay. know. It ships on February 22nd. Yep. It, it's like just been released, you yep. know. And they're like, can you make an account on their website and add the pre-order to your cart and then send us the username and password for that account so that all we have to do is log in and pay because we don't want to pick the wrong model when we're 
we're going through the store process. Yep. Right. I'm like, can do. Uh, Interesting. I'm surprised. Why didn't you hop on a call with them? I was on a call with them. Interesting. Why didn't you screen just... sharing from their end is not. Yeah. Uh, if okay. we were on a call where we were all on computers, that would have been what I would have done. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we were all on FaceTime on our phones. Okay. So it was like, are we going to get off this and then get on a Zoom call? And, you know? Like, yeah. So anyway, they asked me to do this. I, I agree. My dad foolishly said, you don't have to do it tonight, but like, you know, whenever you have a set. Can you ah, big mistake, so Daddy Colborn. What, what I do is I don't do it tonight. And I don't do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the next day, my brother texts me and says, it looks like they're sold out. Oh, five days ahead of the release of the item. The pre-orders are sold out. Bummer. And now I'm like, oh no, what do I do? So I'm going to call Razor today. Hmm. Sweet talking. Well, I'm just going to be like, when are you going to restock these? Like, is there a chance that I get them? Also, what retailers are going to be holding them on day of launch? Yeah. And I'm going to figure out a way to buy this laptop for my brother. Is it really like that significant? Like, can't you just buy the myriad other laptops that exist? There's no like second picks, like just as good. It's fine. Just buy that. This is the best laptop. Like by a wide margin. I would say because it's like you want. So Intel's 12th gen CPU line just came out. Right. So you want something with the Intel 12th gen CPUs. Okay. You want, they're going to be here at the end of March. Okay. In America. You want something that has the Intel 12th gen CPUs but releases and can be in my hands before the end of March so that it can be given to him when he's here in America. I see. Right? And, like, those CPUs have been out since January. So, like, the number of laptops that have those CPUs in them is very low. Okay. And then of the CPUs that have those in them, there's basically three that I would consider, like, contenders. And one of them has like the back of the screen like where the apple logo would be on a mac yeah you know the back of the screen is like it's plastic and it's like perforated with a bunch of little holes so that like leds can shine through and make interesting nice. shapes oh and stuff. cool yeah it's sick but i'm like this is not structurally sound for a college kid's backpack oh like, funny the corner of a textbook is going to go through that yeah okay plastic mesh you know yeah Whereas the razor blade is like an aluminum unibody thing that's going to last forever. I see. Yeah. You know? Yep. So to me, it's just like, this is the laptop to get. And it's like priced decently. It's expensive, but not so expensive. And it's like, yeah, I think this is the laptop you should get. Um, and it's cool, you know? Yep. So anyway, I just got to figure out how to get this laptop now. Hmm. But I'm resourceful, Caleb. You are resourceful. You will find the laptop, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, there's a bunch of other laptops. I just can't believe, like, if I had just bought it the next day, it would have been there. Yeah. I mean, this is, I imagine this is the same thing with you. Well, w- like, so, you know, Hannah, we've talked about this. Hannah's the person who does it the second it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Or, like, way in advance of when it needs to be done. It's just like, let's just do this thing and get it done. Your Your boy is not that way, as you are not that way. And there's this thing that happens, like, especially with Amazon returns, where 
you know, I know I have to make a few returns. Like, well, okay, you've never returned something on Amazon, so you don't even know. <laughs> but you're, <laughs> this is great. But with Amazon returns, it's like, okay, the, returning things to Amazon is the worst thing in the world. So I'll do it, you know, another time. Like I have a month at least. Mm-hmm. I got time. And the thing that happens with me, I think this is it's about a 50-50 shot. I, I used to think that we have an ongoing thing that I'm the chosen one, you know, you know, like the chosen one um, complex, like the chosen one bias. Yep. We've like, all got it. Right. I have that like pretty strong. Hannah doesn't. So like it, it yeah. translates in our behaviors. Like a lot of times I take risks because in my mind it's like, oh, well, I mean, that happens to other, like I'm the chosen one. It's not going to happen yeah. to me. Right, um, right. And so I have a chosen one, like this kind of fed the chosen one complex that I would just like haphazardly remember the day it needed to be, you know, like this happened all the time that it's like, you know, cause she would, you know, she many times it's like, you know, sort of looks down on my, just do it whenever laziness, but it, when it comes through quite a bit and then it's, it's just like a funny thing, but this is the opposite has been happening. The tides have shifted and now I'm remembering things the day after, like literally the day after they need to happen. Oh, Um, in a bad way. I thought you were saying like like the day after you like it comes up like the next morning no you're, like, no, ready no, to no. Do it. no 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 the day no. After now it's it like i remember and then i look up and it's but like but for the most part this works for me like with everything with deadlines like tax deadlines healthcare deadlines i just keep like a vague notion in my head and then i just hope i remember and i generally do yeah. right <laughs> no listen so, i get it you get it daniel i, get it. I mean <laughs> But you don't return anything. Yeah. I am going to hip you to some game, though. Yeah. American Express, Caleb. Okay. Get an Amex card. Okay. Link it to oh. your Amazon account. Okay. And then that one month deadline is a thing of the past, my friend. What are you talking about? Amex. Platinum. Amazon knows that you used an Amex card and it lets you return it forever? Nope. Nope. Oh, it's just like you call Amex and get your money back or whatever. You call Amex and you just get your money back within 90 days. Hmm. Do you get to keep the item? any purchase, uh, often you get to keep the item. But when you don't, what do you have to According do? You to have forms. to like... You have to send it back. Right. But with, Am- but with Amazon return, you just drop it off at a UPS store. Yeah, I don't know or how it Kohl's. works. But what I'm saying is this is your fallback for when you forget to return it through Amazon. Yeah. You... All right, right, have right. this backup solution if, of returning I mean, it through America is that a Express. unique to amex like um, i have like a pretty so beefed up chase card with uh i think the capital one venture card also has it okay um or maybe not venture but one of the capital one cards has it hmm. or maybe it's the chase yeah uh i have the Wait, chase sapphire I up, reserve I looked it all up yeah sapphire reserve that's the one i yeah. looked it up it's only like a 500 hundred dollar limit per year oh amex Three thousand, baby. Oh, nice. Three thousand okay. dollars a year. Yeah. Of return protection. Yeah, return protection. Okay. Yeah, I think I have that, but yeah, maybe it's not that high. I mean, there's all three months. Daniel, what Amex card do you have? What Amex card don't I have, Caleb? Okay, you have the the uh, one that gets you into the big lounges thing. The yes. the what's that? Platinum. The plat. Um, Daniel, do you get concierge service? I'm sure you do with these cards um what do you mean right i don't have the amex black card if that's what you're asking no i don't even know but i so valentine's day just happened right Uh uh-huh and i needed to book a reservation and of course i waited until the day before 
and was like, all right, I need a Valentine's reservation in Orlando. It has to be outside. And so this was not an easy task. And I'm like calling places and I'm just like miserable and it wouldn't be a big deal. Like we already kind of agreed that like we could just do it a, a, the day after or whatever. But I am like, I, there should be a human who's in charge of this and I pay them mm-hmm. to do this for me. Somebody who knows all the restaurants and is good at doing do this. Do you have a card that, ha- that gives you one of those concierges? So I was like, I wonder if my card gives me this. So I Googled it. My card gives me, it's Which called one? the Chase Sapphire Reserve gives you access to the visa infinity concierge or infinite Mm. concierge and so i called him you give him your credit card number just like verify that you're a holder whatever and then you get this human who's like at your service and they just ask you a bunch of questions you just tell them like all right i want somewhere like this price range um i don't have a blazer so it can't be that nice and this you know ethnicity ideally between these times they do all this stuff and then they're like, all right, well, we'll find a few things and we'll call you back with your options. And they did. And they called me back and they walked me through all these options and they were like, whichever one I wanted, they booked the whole thing. They called the place. They booked it on Resi. Like they are just your personal assistant. And I'm like, this is insane. What else do you do? And he's, and by the way, he was super nice and he's like, oh, I love booking dining reservations. It adds to my bucket list. I'm like, this is crazy. He's like, Oh, we do anything. We'll do concert tickets and events and any entertainment you want, recommendations. If you have a flight cancellation or change, we can figure all that out for you. If you're traveling internationally, we can find, you know, trains and routes and book things for you and all that rental cars, everything. They would they take care of everything. They're even like if you're working and a bunch of reservations open for something and like you're not going to be around for the day, like have we'll wait in line and we'll we'll do it if you're, you know, working. And they're like, oh, like if there's a gift you can't find, like we could probably find it. There, there's, we have a lot of connections or whatever. I'm like, what in the world? And they're like, and we're available for you 24 seven. You can email us or call us. I'm like, this is insane. That's wild. Isn't that insane? Dude, I have to get off the Chase Blacklist. You got to get off the Chase Blacklist. Why are you on the Chase Blacklist? We, it's already been talked about on the podcast. The four for 24, four, five for 24. What? What'd you do? I I ran off on a Chase student credit card when I was oh, nineteen when you were for seven hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, okay, right. It's been long since paid off and oh, off so my funny. credit report. Yeah, but yeah. I am Check, lifetime dude, I banned from Chase. Wow. I apparently bet. some people get off this blacklist after ten years, but I almost guarantee MX Platinum get anything. The yeah okay so platinum, platinum card concierge done only the only the centurion card the black card has it i mean a concierge is complimentary platinum card concierge oh it has one yes you're looking at it yes oh great Simply well, call the number that. on the back of your card and select or say Dude, concierge like the when prompted ADHD. that's like I the know. ADHD guy's fucking superpower i know dude i can't that's believe it and it costs like $500 a year, this card. Like, it's to- that's worth it right there if I start using that. It is so valuable, and I've never used it and didn't even know it existed. I just had a hunch it existed because I probably read it at some point. Dude, and I'm going to call them and get them to fucking figure out how to get this razor blade for me. Try it. You should totally try it. That would be, that would be the far end of what they could do. So I would love to see if they, if you they could do I've that. You know what I've heard about the um, Amex Black Card concierge? What? I have heard from a youtube video where a rich guy was talking about this card they he wanted to go to a concert that was like 
super sold out, like not on StubHub, not on any of yeah. those like reseller sites. Mm-hmm. And he just called him and they like found someone who on social media who was going to the thing and contacted them and overpaid them for their ticket to the thing. No way. Yeah. Like they're like, they're just like those guys. That's insane. Yeah. Like they'll hook it up. They'll get you anything. You, it might be the same with this stuff, honestly. Yeah. Like the way that he was talking was very much like, we'll do anything for you. Just ask <laughs> and it's free and we'll do it any time of day or night. We are that here is, for you. And I'm like, cannot be what a profitable service. Like if everyone actually used that, they would have to stop doing it. Right. I think it's just, just nobody no knows it. about it and nobody yeah. uses it. Ah, yeah. Concierge Marie, man. Wow. Um, Yes, so that's great, and I'm glad that I'm able to spread the love. Well, actually, well, it's fine. I, this I'm, is a small enough I didn't podcast it that we're was not going to ruin. Card. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, that's yeah, big. I might even be on lower cards, honestly. Don't say that. I don't want them to stop offering. It. Right, because all the listeners here all are. Yeah, you know, they just flood. We're, we the, have a really popular podcast. Game. I know. <laughs> we could, we could <laughs> fucking, we could tilt the needle. Yeah um move, we can move the needle we can tip tilt the it balance tilt the needle move the balance um that's great news in pc news question for you my nephew who's nine years old calls me up and says i want to build or I, I need a gaming pc because i want to stream minecraft yeah and i'm like okay interesting let's talk yeah. and so we made a list of like everything you need you know, and he's nine. He's not, you know, he's nine. He's so we not make, 13. He's not 13. Right. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. So I'm also trying to gauge, like, I, I always overestimate, like, what he's capable of taking in. Or I was like, I, I said, oh, you need a monitor. I was like, oh, Danny, do you, do you know what a monitor is? And he, I, I just doxed him. His name is out there. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. <laughs> That's an alias. His real name is Chet. Oh, now I dox him again. So, <laughs> so Chet, um, he's like, he's like, no, I'm like, yeah, well, wait, well Caleb, let's, let's yeah. do the thing where like, when you say Chet, we'll, we'll, we'll put in, we'll edit it out and Chet. change it to Chet. Yeah. And then okay. when you said Danny, right. We'll, we'll edit it out and put in Danny. Okay. Um, and then that way we don't have to leak his name. Right. We'll switch. Actually, you know what we should do? Um, we should build an AI mm-hmm. that uses the names randomly, that interchanges the names randomly, so that That's nobody true. actually knows. Yeah, yeah. So by the folks, we'll by the later, time with ten, the TensorFlow thing, right? Just quick, quick little TensorFlow thing. But just so the listener knows, actually, wait, wait. Okay, I'm gonna queue up my future self to pitch it to the listener if we did it or not. Okay. Okay. Ready? Um, beep, boop, boop, boop. Hello, this is a future Caleb here coming at you. <laughs> And I just want to let you know that we did actually build an AI after recording this podcast that switched all the names. Um, Still haven't slept, by the way. Randomly. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we just wanted to let you know that what you are hearing was generated by an AI. Um, thanks for... Thanks for... All right. I'm back to you. See, we're so sleep deprived because I just pulled an all-nighter. Daniel's on two yeah, nights. I want two so okay back to the show (laughs) okay 
Okay, so we're back. Yeah, the show. I wonder if we built that thing. I hope we did. I hope we did. I'm just going to say really the same name over and over. Chat. Danny Chat Chat Danny Danny Chat Danny 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 Chat. Danny. Okay, so we'll see. <laughs> what is wrong with this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Chat Yul. Um, so. <laughs> Hopefully the AI doesn't botch every time I say Chet Yul. Dude. Right? Like sometimes like, it might switch it with Daniel. I think we're we're like pretty diligent developers. We'll probably remember to like write a test for that. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we do. So, okay. So I'm seeing this as an opportunity to turn my nephew into me. Um, yes. And get him like super into building computers and like programming and get him on the path, you know? Yeah. Well, He's... as as the chosen one, it's kind of your duty to turn all children into you. Exactly. I need followers. <laughs> so, thing is, kids is nine. Kid doing, is this kid doing yoga on the lanai yet? <laughs> he will be. <laughs> In the lanai. Right? I don't know. I don't I even think... know what a lanai is. <laughs> no, What's this is the funniest thing. If you live in Florida, you know what a lanai is, but what if you don't, lanai? you don't. And so I say this all the time, and I think nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, everyone's <laughs> just letting you get away with it because they're like, the lanai. Let's have brunch on the lanai. <laughs> um, I'll do yoga on the lanai. <laughs> so the lanai is a lanai is the screened in backyard situation, the big black frame with screens. You know that thing? You seen those? Daniel, you've seen those. You ever seen a screened-in backyard? Yeah. Like my grandmother had one in Florida. Yeah, it's like like there's a a pool and the whole thing is screened. The whole thing's a big screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lanai. lanai. And let you know, I mean, I could be straight up wrong here. What is a lanai? lanai? I would not lanai to you difference between lanai and patio. a lanai is a type of roofed open-sided veranda patio or porch so maybe it is on the lanai many homes apartments hotels and restaurants in hawaii are built with one or more lanais so there you go there it's you originating go. from hawaii cool oh so anyway, you're i see this kid into you. turning this kid into me so basically like there's all these lessons i want to teach him i want to teach him a that like you don't like, don't just buy stuff that looks like gaming person stuff. It doesn't mean it's any better. It just, just, you just look like a loser. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important lesson. So, like, I, I want him to know that, like, if it has lights on it, it doesn't mean it's cool even or better. It just means better. it's $40 more expensive. It yeah. just means it's more expensive, and it means you're just going to look like a loser, Danny, uh, Chetty, Danny, Chetty, Daniel, Chetty, Chaniel. So, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. So, that that's one lesson I want to teach him is like you don't need that um lesson number two is how to acquire money i want to show him the ways of like Uh how he could like really start getting some generating some revenue get some revenue streams in his life um and then also it's tough because there's kind of conflicting things here i also want to teach him how to build stuff and how to buy used stuff Mm -hmm. and all all these things you know so i'm trying to figure out what's the best way dollar saved is a dollar earned no a dollar, dollar saved, saved is two dollars. <laughs> That's right. Chat you'll save you, you you save twice. You save twice. That's right. So yeah. Dan chat. Um 
what I'm trying to think like, do I, okay, so here's an idea I had. Oh, I also want to teach him the power of like, you can start streaming today. You have a phone. Like he has uh, yeah, like yeah. a making, making do. Yeah. Like he could literally set it up at his T te- showing his TV. He could do an hour of Minecraft or whatever, edit it on his phone and upload it to YouTube. You know, that kind of doesn't sound like you're turning him into you because you buy the gear. I didn't though. Until I had money. You didn't always. Now I didn't yeah. for like half of my, you know, right. computer So you got to teach him how career. to make do until you teach him how to make money. Yes. So, but I kind of want to teach him all at the same time. So I have a few ideas. One idea is like, I think I'm going to pay him per YouTube video. Okay. Like just Smart. pay him. Like make yeah. a YouTube video at a minimum of like 10 minutes. It has to be mm-hmm. edited and well done, whatever. As well done as a nine-year-old can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to set up a YouTube channel, all that, and I'll pay you like, I was thinking like 10 bucks a video. What do you think? a nine-year-old? That's not bad. I don't know. I feel like inflation has kind of gone up. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like if he he banged out 10 videos, he'd have a hundred bucks. How else does a nine-year-old get a hundred bucks? How far does that get him towards his gaming PC? Well, so here's the thing. I showed on this call, I was like, okay, to get a first off, you don't need a great computer to play Minecraft. Yeah, sure of all games and i sh- i'm like okay all half of these items you could just ask people like at your church or school or whatever and you'll get one for you'll get a mouse and keyboard like you don't have to buy those mm-hmm. you'll find a monitor you don't have to buy that like mm-hmm. really the only thing you need to buy is a computer and even that i you know i'm telling them like i got so many computers for free growing up yeah. they were garbage and you hodgepodge them together to make something a little better so i'm thinking like maybe we start there I don't know. Like maybe I pay him to build himself a computer from like junk parts. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Thinking I might just be like the bank of Caleb and he completes a bunch of tasks to like get money. I'm into it. So I don't mean to like totally derail from your story, but St- I have a whole sure? parenting philosophy Yeah, that I believe I will implement when we have children. Okay. <laughs> um, but who knows but i am going to very much do what you're talking about which is that like if my kids want shit yeah because like i'm going to be able to afford the things that my kids want right you know with his nft my kids just yeah i I make money um i make enough money and it doesn't seem to be going down it seems to be going up so hopefully that continues um github copilot though that's a real problem that is a real Um, problem but anyway i'll be able to afford what my kids want so i don't want to just give them shit yeah right because nobody well i'm not hey mom you did give me things um (laughs) but like nobody just gave me like nice shit like oh right your mom listens to this (laughs) mom colborn call this guy out Nobody Reveal just how gave me, padded like, of a life he lived. Super expensive, nice shit. Like, yeah, right. I, same. Yeah, like my first cell phone I bought for myself with my right. money. Yep, my first same. when I was eighteen. My first laptop, like, was like a hand-me-down thing that you had to hold at an angle or it turned off. Nice. You know, like yep. that type of stuff. So, I would like my kids to have to go through those phases. Yeah. You know, because that's where you learn ingenuity of how to fix broken shit because you don't have a replacement and you know and like 
So my whole thing is like, what, like, I'm going to give my kids assignments and projects that have like checkpoints, you know, and like they have to complete the first checkpoint in order to earn the thing. Yep. But then they have to use the thing to complete the next Ah, three checkpoints. I like that. If they complete the whole roadmap, they get to keep the thing. Oh. But if they don't complete the checkpoints by the deadlines, I'm taking that shit back. And yeah. I've got a 90-day return policy, dog. Oh, do it. Because I got that Amex fucking return protection. So you got 90 days to earn this laptop. Oh, that's know? nice. So anyway, that's my whole fucking theory on this thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's the way. Um. Yeah, I guess. And like, there's a part of me that's like, should I not even create a path for a nine-year-old to generate like enough money to buy a gaming PC? But... If I just make it equal opportunity, <laughs> right? If I just like, make it equal opportunity, easy way like for a for a kid to buy a gaming PC, this offer is out to every one of my nieces and nephews. So, mm-hmm. so as long as that is that, then that's fine. Um, yeah. How many you got? Uh, currently, uh, I should know this offhand, but we got oh five six like over six, or under ten six six okay i think six currently yeah yep that could get expensive i know (laughs) i know yep so yeah and that number will grow but whatever i mean if they all learn how to build computers and start online followings i mean at nine years old come on come on come on uh what were you talking you you were talking about we're talking about paying kids having money oh you're talking about his paying him to do youtube videos i was saying i don't know if 10 bucks is enough you were like he can scrounge everything together right i was about to say have you seen gpu prices lately because gpus from like (laughs) gpus from five ten years ago were going for 400 bucks wow that's crazy well i don't know if 10 years ago but five years ago gpus from five years ago are going for 400 bucks hmm it's bad out there. Yeah. That is bad. Oh, Daniel, I had an idea, man. It was like one that was good enough that, that I should say it. And I mm. don't remember what it was. And this sucks. So, yeah. that's a po- Oh, 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 oh. Once. This was just a fun story. This is not like a good idea. But I started the journey a little bit. They, so, the, they're two brothers. Chet and Ubetcha. And, Yes. The brothers and oh caleb now we have to go edit the algorithm oh and add a third yeah name so it anytime we say okay betcha. right and we'll just instead of doing that random thing let's just always change it to you betcha change uh, you betcha now to we have you to betcha go replace the random thing also with you betcha wait what no we're just two separate programs we're gonna write oh okay cool, cool, cool. right right this is just a separate program, Daniel. Come I'm on. on, board. I'm on it's board. on a Lambda. It's totally separate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel, oh, we haven't even talked about Laricon. Speaking of Lambda. So, you betcha and Chet, mm-hmm. they uh they both got like a little circuitry thing for Christmas, like a little to- like kid circuitry thing, which is pretty cool. And they both messed with like a little stuff. But the one is six and the other is nine. So they're young. Whatever. I took them to oh, there's so many good stories that like I know, whatever. I, I took them to old town they they stayed with us like two weeks ago 
and they went to Disney and whatever, but I took them to Old Town, just me and the boys. And Old Town is this like, it's like a fair, you know, like Mm -hmm. if Disney is all pristine and amazing or whatever, Old Town is like, you know, you could get a tattoo in Old Town, you know, that kind of thing. There's like uh, classic car displays uh, like all the time and whatever. There's a lot of that kind of thing. And there's a whole slew of really funny stories that I'll save you from but we're walking by the thing that they don't know is like uncle caleb will buy them anything they want basically like right i'm not looking to spoil them or anything but they i don't know like i just see myself in them and i'm like if i was that young and i knew how much money i have i'd be Mm -hmm. like what gives bro like come on pay up like yeah so i if they ask like i'll give them anything they want basically and so they're just walking and and you, you bet just like well, we passed this stand with all the light up like blow bubbly things and whatever mm-hmm. and the and you bet just like hey uncle caleb uh do you think i could have a you know whatever and and then immediately you know his brother goes like no you know we can't whatever because just so used to like the dad always saying no and i'm like yeah, yeah sure fine whatever pick whatever you want and yeah. then the uh, whatever the other kid goes that too they picked diamond minecraft swords uh-huh and you can picture it okay uh-huh. they're very cool what does a diamond minecraft sword run you uh so these were the cheap ones these were only 10 bucks a piece okay not bad. the ones that blow bubbles out the tip <laughs> those are 16 bucks a piece <laughs> so i thought this was pretty reasonably priced actually yeah um because the the swords they light up when you click a button yeah and they're knockoff minecraft swords of course of course yeah. but with the lights they actually look like enchanted diamond minecraft swords like straight it's up it's wild that like we have all these supply chain issues but <laughs> but like we will never fail to get light up diamond minecraft swords from china yeah no way there's an unlimited supply <laughs> that stream of is uninterruptible yeah any bubble blowing thing that lights up and spins around so the 16 dollars one blows bubbles out the tip anyway this thing turns on and flashes lights but it also makes the worst most annoying sound in the world of like yeah. fighting things whatever As so of course yeah yeah so i just bought them these two things that are so obnoxious and they're in the back seat of the car we're driving home and it's just like so loud and annoying and now we're taking them into our place and like they're staying here and they're just just so loud and annoying and their parents are like what did you do you know like mm-hmm. we're all thinking it they love the swords but we're all like this is just miserable yeah. so i hatch a plan and I'm like, I bet we could take, you know, let's just, I'm sure there's a little speaker in there. We could snip the wires, put it back together. They could still keep the light up and then whatever. So, okay. Anyway, the story is, the story is the story. I planted the seed and like I strategized with their dad. It's like, we just have to make it sound cool and make them think it's lame to have annoying sounds. And we successfully did. And they agreed to like do surgery on their swords and open them up and like follow the wires and figure it all out and then snip the wires and whatever. It was just like a really meaningful experience because they had never, that this was my like foray into everything. Yeah. The first time I took a toy apart, like that changed my life and just showing them like, this is what the inside of a toy looks like. You're not always breaking it when you're opening it. You can modify it. Here's the batteries. Here's the wires. I cut a wire and had them like touch it together to show like the speakers on right now. If you take the wire apart, it's off. Like, if you ever want to fix this, just put these wires together and tie them and then put it back yeah. together. Um, anyway, so then we, it was like a, dude, this was a perfect, like two birds with one stone. They learned a little bit about electronics. They were so amped and we slept peacefully. It was great. Nice. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a beautiful story, Caleb. It's an you know, you know. So yeah. So that's that, Daniel. Daniel, Laracon. Oh, yeah. Did you watch Laracon? 
I watched some of Laracon. Okay. Um, yeah, I me too. I actually fell asleep at the end of Taylor's talk before your talk, and then watched your talk later. Yeah. On the replay. Well, isn't that nice of you, Daniel? I thought, um, homeboy, Aaron's talk was great. Yes. I was. I was. I feel like this was Aaron's debut. I was excited to see. I mean, Aaron's it was. Talk. Well, I feel like Aaron has, and not to give him too big of a head. Because I know. Does he? Know he, he listens, listens to this, right? Oh, we're gonna yeah, get. He's he gonna be in the pile of people who get big he's heads. Tweet at us. And stuff, it's like, yeah. yeah, don't tweet at us, um, Aaron. We're. And he's gonna be all humble about it too, which is the worst thing. Right. He's sitting in his shed quarters, humbly tweeting at us. <laughs> um, I already like need to cool it with the Aaron praise. That we need to like double down dude, on his me flaws. Too. This guy. This is the. Here's the issue with Aaron. Aaron is one of these people. I barely know this. Me First, too. Let's let's start. There. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've I had know, like be a zero one-on-one conversations. Yeah. He could be like the most scheming, plotting psychopath who's yeah. like had this plan the entire time to like right. become like, you know, like I'm gonna become famous in the Laravel world so that I can eventually take over the world and right. you know turn everything into a paid product where I get to get my syntax highlighting in there. Who knows? Yep. But yeah, that's definitely his grand plan. That's definitely his move. He's yeah. so sweet though. He's got such a such a sweet guy vibe. I know. Um Yeah, he's a real anyway, happy guy. Yeah. Here is the here's the deal with Aaron. Strategically happy. Suspiciously Strategically, happy. Yeah. <laughs> he's happy when it serves him. Right. <laughs> it's just part of his um, marketing strategy. This yeah, is all exactly. growth hacking. Yeah. Everything this guy does is a growth hack. Honestly, the whole guy is one a growth of the hack. most effective motherfuckers. Yes, out there no doubt like just has the sense for i mean obviously like yep. went to a lot of like microconf shit like built the sense for it yeah i'm not saying he like i'm not saying like it's innate yeah but could be he has the, he has the sense for it he has the sense where it came from i know not but the man has the sense for it somebody the, gave him some high praise in a tweet or something and he's yeah. like no like that's for somebody maybe called him brilliant or something i don't know yeah. and he was like no that's not true but my follow-through is off the charts yeah. um or my stick to it he said my stick to though is off the charts yeah. and i was like that's pretty cool because he acknowledged his own strength like truthfully yeah. and it didn't come off in like a dicky way at all uh-huh. and, and and he it, also like took a compliment about something that he didn't have control over which is his intelligence and turn it into a compliment about something he does have control That's over, funny. which is his work ethic. Yes. Which is That's actually a better actually compliment. brilliant. Wow. He, he turned their he compliment. upgraded their compliment. See, this dude yeah. is so scheming. For yeah. real. Yeah. So Honestly, intentional. He attended some like summit dude. somewhere that like told him that. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you know, it was like a Tony Robbins type deal, but like yeah. whatever the Tony Robbins that only rich people know about is. Right. Um, the Tony Robbins that actually works. Yeah, the Tony Robbins that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh but, uh, yeah, yeah that he, is this uh, guy this freaking guy but go on I, I i took you on a that's a funny there. that's a funny bit i'm gonna start upgrading people's compliments to me yeah dude you're <laughs> brilliant no i just no i'm not <laughs> i just work harder than you I did, yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah anyway the guy has a golden touch yeah he does and I know that there's like a lot of hard work and dedication behind the golden touch. It's all hard work and dedication. What he has. And what I mean by he has the golden touch is he has the ability 
to obscure hard work and dedication and make it look like a golden touch. Yeah. And that is magic. Yes. Like when you have that a bit, that like intuition of like, hey, I want to be transparent about the process, but I like th- I'm going to make it still like if you're not paying that much attention, just look like I shit out diamonds. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think um there, you know, I mean it's it's a while we're giving people big heads, it's a trait yeah. that I think, you know, we've seen with the Wathman mm, that, like, there are some similarities. He's the prototype, um, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But some similarities to to the Wathman, to early, young Wathen. But but also Philo, um, Hermans or Hermans mm-hmm. or something, Fi- just Philo, I don't know. That's, he, he is another one that has sort of come out of nowhere and like these people like Aaron and Philo, I think have similar Twitter followings. Philo just cracked uh, 5,000 Twitter followers and it just seemed like it came out of nowhere and he did that out of nowhere. And both of these guys, like when they have a hot tip tweet or something, like I know it's going to be hot and it's going to get like 500 likes minimum, yeah. which is crazy. Like I'd never get a bunch of likes on anything anymore and I never have anything hot to share ever anymore. <laughs> I'm like totally washed up. Um, yeah. But these people they're not and they're fresh and they have good stuff and they do everything well and everything is just packaged well and presented well and thorough and consistent it's like wow i don't know i i yeah. like observing these people they're on it yeah dude you know what i'm really not to keep saying the the thing but you know what i really like about being an nft developer what's that the thing <laughs> not to keep saying the thing <laughs> what's that I don't like making things for other developers because I'm constantly paranoid that the thing I'm making sucks Mm -hmm. and whatever. But everyone who makes anything in NFT world is making the worst job ever. So you're just a God. (laughs) I am doing a passable job as like a programmer over here. Yeah. And it's blowing these kids minds. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you can be it's, like it's the great to get NFT a programming back god. Yeah. By like if you applied half and it of makes me the want to work so hard for them. Yeah. There's like, a cuz there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of low hanging fruit. Yeah. And like I want to get to it all first. Yeah. And you can like, and you will. Yeah. And I don't know and just like the the validation of just like completing projects and putting shit out and like having yeah. there be a good reception to them and right like, it's like all this stuff that like i'd have not really done that much of in like public in yeah. the developer world because i straight up think it's just like straight up anxiety about like the mm. reception of it that causes yeah. me to not do it interesting I, don't know. I can see that like that's why i can't write a goddamn blog post yeah you, know? you can't write a blog post one can't write a blog post. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah that's so cool anyway. daniel i mean i feel like you've landed somewhere that fits well for you it's very funny how like how i was just so aware of how poorly that world fit me you know yeah and it was fun and exciting um but it just it was such a bad fit and you know when i i'm like pitching to the crew like oh so i got this buddy daniel like trust me you know it's like i know you're hearing me just say that like here's a new person that's going to come in and you'll have to work with and like yeah. you know but like let me tell you like it's going to be gonna great be a, it's going to be a ball yeah. and 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 whatever like and i kept telling papa mumu i'm like he is you're going to love him in all the ways you hate me 
and he'd be like, no, 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 no. And what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm like, no, no, no. This guy is going to be such a better me. <laughs> That's what I kept saying and still say. And, uh, and totally, like, if I were him, I'd be like, wow, Daniel is the way better Caleb. He's the one who, like, is in discords, is like, you know, I don't know. You're just a way better me in this space. And it's nice. I feel so good that, like, I replaced me with you because you're so much better at it. I've hit the point now where, like, other projects are hitting me up for freelance work. Nice. Like, Senshi Samurai, a 20-floor price project, wants me to build their wow. growing system, basically. Crazy. Yeah. I don't uh, know if I even like have That time growing to do system it. is, uh, that's mine, though. I copyrighted that. Yeah. So. Well, it's not really a growing system. It's a, it's something. Hey, like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, it's a, hey. It's Samurai's living in a dojo, so it's different. <laughs> I'll see you in court. Daniel. Yeah, well, my, and also my growing system won't be in TypeScript, so. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> Mine is not either. It just has TypeScript in it. Yeah, well, I've, I've seen your grow.ts file. It is not very TypeScript-y. It's called .ts. It is TS. Yeah. I did see um, somebody do TypeScript well. The headless UI code. Oh, yeah, someone's um, definitely doing it well. Right, right. But, uh, oh, man, who is it Robin? Yeah, Ro- Robin does the headless UI stuff, right? Not Brent. Uh, Ro- uh, Robin Malfoyt. I don't even Malfoyt. Malfeet. Whatever. Tailwind guy Robin, who wrote all the headless UI stuff, or the majority of it, whatever. It's actually good TypeScript. Like, he he doesn't... There's not that many annotations, and it's just, like, where it's helpful, where it actually provides value. Head. Yeah, he didn't just, like, use it as, like, all right, everything has to have annotations everywhere. It's, like, mostly mostly just javascript with a few places that typescript comes in handy but i don't know man i am a free form guy and i'm feeling i'm feeling more and more alone i just mm-hmm. love the free formness of javascript just like yeah you know that's what's good about react paint on a canvas yeah yep mm. wow daniel we covered some episode. ground here this is a yeah. real episode this is thick oh, fat, wait, wait, wait. dense you had more things you wanted to say about laracon dude you asked me if I watched Laracon. Well, I mean that, and then I, I just said like Aaron's talk was good. And that was awesome. Aaron's talk was awesome, and it, it it was a good reminder to me of like I mean this is something I know, but like the formula for a successful talk is much more. I think the the talks that get the huge hype, you know, at least the ones that I've done, are ones where you're dropping new stuff. Like, even if it's not that practical, and I'm not saying that Aaron's stuff is not practical, it's extremely practical, but like, I, you know, I'm freaking out the whole time, but I don't have that many uses for sidecar. And hopefully I have one someday and can like, you know, include it. And he, he's a totally pragmatic guy. No doubt he built that to solve a specific problem that a lot of people have. And a lot of the cool stuff he's doing with it with browser shot and all that. It's awesome. But it's not something that like, I don't know it's a reminder of how like just showing people kind of kind of new and revolutionary stuff um that's the ticket and also uh he already released all that stuff like I, he's talked about sidecar for a while like yeah. i've heard about it i kind of knew a little bit like i know that it does lambda stuff i know it you can use it with inertia ssr and stuff like that but you had to see it and yeah. see it from him 
you know, mm-hmm. to really get it. And everybody saw it and everybody got it. And yeah, it was just like tech porn, basically. Yeah, it was so It was sick. just like watching stuff that you're like, oh, please tell me it can do that. Oh, it does that. And he, and he kept saying like, and you would have to do this and this and this, but we did that. Yeah. He kept like coming back to like, you would have to do all this bullshit, but don't worry, I did it because yep. I'm cool. So like, he's, he's applying the very basic principle. And I think this is such a good thing is like, Take something that's really, really hard mm-hmm. and go make it easy. Like, go yeah. do that hard thing Just that no one it. wants to do. Go eat all that shit uh-huh. and you will have a successful project. You know, because there's, and there's still so many areas of, admittedly, at least in this community, there's, that's being pushed. The, the things that are really annoying and janky are being pushed farther and farther to the edge, you know? Like we're getting rid of a lot of things we've gotten rid of. It's like 10 years of getting rid of hard things, mm-hmm. but there's still more of course. And it's so like his filter thing is like, here's we're something new, hard, horrible things every day. Right. And we are inventing new, hard, horrible things every day. There's not a limited supply. My pencil <laughs> model is wrong. You're right. Um, yeah. But that, but anyway, it's just one of those like foundational just principles. It's like, <laughs> right. If you want to, if you're like, I wish I had an idea for a project that, you know, whatever, just bite off the hardest thing you can that nobody wants to do and go build yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it will be successful. It will take you a long time and be way harder than you thought. And there's a reason nobody's attempted it, but that's the way to do it rather than like building some derivative thing or some easy, you know, like it's no wonder you're not getting traction because anybody can do those things, you know? Do the things that nobody wants to do. And yeah. that's that's Aaron's thing. Everything he's done is original, is not already done in the community, and is very hard, you know? Mm-hmm. They're all like beefy tasks or things that were really annoying for developers, like syntax highlighting. So yeah. good job, Aaron Francis. Don't get a big head, okay, bud? Um, just as a side note, I'm feeding your Laracon talk to all of my little programming projects oh, right, right okay. now. Yeah, I was like, we haven't quite gotten to the UI yet. Yeah, but this is what we're about to be doing. So like, figure out what the fuck a blade component is and yep. become aware of Alpine because like things are about to happen for us. Yeah, and like, th- just watch this talk. It's crazy. You'll have a good time. Sweet. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a more beginner talk. Um, but it, I think just like great, most of I've my talks a, are beginner I've got a whole talks. Stable full of them right now. Yeah. Right, uh, stable. It's a it's a half beginner talk. Half it's it's a beginner talk. If you're a beginner, I would think that this talk will blow your mind. If yeah. you're not a beginner, it won't blow your mind, but you will definitely find a few nuggets. You know. But if you are one of these people who hasn't like embraced the tall stack lifestyle yet, yeah, and like you just didn't like, no one had ever told you that like the point of Alpine is to be in a blade component, right? Yeah, like this is huge. It's yeah. like when I realized that like the point of blade components was to hold Alpine and the yeah. point of Alpine was to be in blade components. Yep. Like my world unlocked. I've never made a blade component that wasn't an Alpine component. Hmm. Like, yeah. That's, that's funny. I don't for. do that that often. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a naked blade component. Like, wait, you can, there's something useful to do without Alpine and blade yeah. <laughs> components, Crazy. you know? Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I think like, just it's important to show people the way yeah and like this is very much the way 
to write Laravel applications. And if you're not doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, dude, X modelable. I don't know if you saw that API, but last yeah. time we talked, we came up with it on the show. It was dollar sign uh, model. I saw it. Right? Yeah. And now it's X modelable. And uh, part of that is uh, Bossman Chris pushed back on, I started with something like X modelable. I called it X expose or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, for a number of reasons, I didn't like the directive. So I switched to the dollar sign uh, model and whatever. Anyway, he, he really pushed back and it was like, I don't like it as much. And I don't think, and so it's thanks to him that it's now X modelable. Um, and I like that a lot more, but Dude, that's going to be huge. Chris is cranking over there. Yeah. I see. I'm seeing him do some things. He made this dumper package. Okay. That you just like install and that's all you do. Okay. And then every time you dump one of those horrible things that includes the entire application in it. Right. Yes. It doesn't. Oh, sick. So it just made, like filters out like, like application.php. Well, it's better than that. No, it's better than that because he actually made like nice dumpable types nice. for all these different classes. So Wait. like when you dump a query builder, okay, you yeah. actually get the the SQL that it's going to Oh, that's so awesome. As part of the object. So it's just like, hey, oh, that's you know fantastic. That bullshit that dumps wrong. Right. Like I just made like nice little dumpable interfaces for all of for those the things, things you actually care about when you're trying to dump like one of those kinda, things. You just get it for free. You just install oh, it awesome. and now dumping is just better. Okay. That's the kind of thing that if it's good, it'll make its way into Laravel core. No doubt. Yeah. So he did that. Uh, he's got this thing he's working on right now that's like I, I don't know if i can talk too much about it but it's like a if you have to do giant imports of data it makes that way better nice like he's just grinding over there cool killing shit yeah that's cool um oh invade did we, we haven't talked about invade oh dude <laughs> have we talked at all about invade like even you and just I have personally about okay invade. okay and because this the whole yeah this is very funny this it actually felt kind of good because again i never have anything that anybody yeah, cares that about on twitter anymore tweet. um right like it's been like years since i had a well not years but whatever since i've had like a non-alpine or livewire related thing that anybody cares about or I've, i mm-hmm. never even say anything about i don't know it's just been too long so yeah. th- this came out of um object pry bar which i don't know if we talked about or you've seen in livewire's core basically livewire does things that i would get run out of town for if people knew like good it's great like developer (laughs) to a to achieve some of the things that i wanted to achieve like one of the things is i literally have to open the kernel the laravel kernel and the middleware is a protected property Uh i have to open up the the kernel i think ziggy accesses some some protected stuff too maybe i don't know so i I have to literally take the middleware and modify or inject my own middleware or whatever but like i literally you know i don't know just like risky business a lot of these things blade uh compiler i do that too so i need access to protected properties and like this is one of those things that like i can't be running up on this and i'm not gonna extend the kernel (laughs) and rebind laravel's kernel with my own hijacked kernel that seems like a horrible idea like Uh this is a bad idea that's a horrible idea so i just use reflection you can use reflection to basically take an object and pry it open and Mm -hmm. so i created a little object called object pry bar that wraps up any object and you can access it's just a pass-through object yeah and so whatever it's been in core forever a few people know about it and i use it in like three distinct places in the code base and it's a nice just like thing to have 
and then I'm pairing with Josh Hanley and he's running across a situation. He's like, so you, I know you can do this with reflection and whatever. And I'm like, dude, well, I was like, first, there is something in live you could use object pry bar, but we should make it cooler. And I was just like instantly realized like, oh, this should be a helper meth function. It should be called invade. invade. And it was just like, all right, cool. So we got off the call and I wrote the PR and refactor that in, in live and then tweeted out this invade helper and immediately just set the world on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is fun. Super fun. Everything. Yes. Um, which is hilarious because you're like, what did you say to me? I, t- I tweeted or I sent you Frank's tweet about it. Right. And I was like, dude, how could you? This could have been 24 GitHub sponsors. You're losing your edge. Yeah, that's what she said. Which is funny because it actually like would be kind of cool to make something small and cool and just be like, these are for my sponsors just so that yeah, you have an extra thing from me. You could have sushi the fuck out of that. Right. Well, the problem is it's just like not as useful as sushi. Like it's just a small thing that it, personally, it I would not. Though. You would have gotten a couple out of it. I don't think I would ever include. I would never install a full package for that. I would just yeah, add course. it to my project, copy and paste, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't want to like deal with a package for it. But anyway, Frake did. So the package is available. Shout um, out Frake. But yeah, a bunch. So many people were mad about it. I mean, obviously, it was mostly just like fun, mm-hmm. fun mad. But there were, you know, definitely a handful of people that were. The thing that was interesting to me is the majority of people didn't Nandas understand why you'd ever use it yeah right nondas and shambles that's what taylor said the majority of people are like why would you ever use this wouldn't you just make your own object properties public or you know and i think like yeah, it's people, not your objects right it's not problem. for your objects it's, it's for like, other people's right. stupid ass private properties dorinda it really resonated with him he like immediately was like obviously this is for third-party packages that you can't access stuff in and yeah. you need to and you're willing to take on the responsibility of like having to maintain this thing if it breaks on a minor yeah. change um so that's a fun little one that was fun yeah. it's just yeah. fun that is what i love about programming that mm-hmm. right there yeah, is like really getting in there and doing some shit and i'm reading these these comments to hannah in the car because i'm like hannah you know people just don't if i if you read these comments to anybody who's not in this world we're like they'd be like what people feel this way about code They'd be like, what? You know, I'd be like, if I told them I did a thing with a few lines of code that made a bunch of people say, you should be put in prison. You need a gun license for this. This is the worst thing I've ever seen and the best thing. This is so spicy. People would be like, what? How could yeah. you accomplish such a reaction with code? Yeah. But when you're in it, it's so obvious. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's why it's, it's obvious so fun. in that you know that there are these developers out there. Who yeah. are gonna like it's obvious only because like you've seen it a bunch of times, but it's like it's still wild to me that anyone gets to that place in their head where they're like, like, oh, like this person made a tool for their problem. I'm gonna like right. we did that one podcast about the word incorrect. Like because someone know. told me I told me that something I did that was cool was incorrect. Oh, funny. Yeah, and I was like, okay. "Fuck you, go fuck yourself," you know. <laughs> and I like popped off on this dude on Twitter. Okay. I was like, "Incorrect!" Like, don't tell me I'm incorrect. Like, yeah. you can tell me like it's inadvisable. There's downsides. Here's what they are. Yeah. He was just like, "Incorrect." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah it is funny when you see people like that. You're like, "Oh, yeah. that that exists still. Like, that's yeah. a thing." But but it's so laughable now that it's like I'm gonna at least adult. with something like this. Just let me program. 
I'm an adult. Yeah, like, I'm here to play God, dude. We wouldn't be programmers if we didn't like playing God a little bit. Nothing that inhibits my power is good. Yeah, it's true. You know? Yeah, it's put, very you true. You can put up guardrails, but, like, I should always be able to get up and over those guardrails. Yes. I think that... Here's what I want. I think this is a big next step for Laravel, maybe. You want 10 more years of Laravel, Taylor? Here it is. You re... Well, yeah, live. I got one word for you. <laughs> live wire. Um, I think that there should be... The next big thing needs to be compiled PHP. I think. Like um, Nuno Maduro's... Uh, what was that called? I know what you're talking about. Remember what that was? What was that? I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but I know. Something, yeah. Oh, it was kind of a cool name too. Um, but yeah, like I feel like we keep hitting walls. PHP is really flexible and nice in a lot of ways, like even nicer, more flexible than JavaScript in some ways, but obviously less flexible in a million other ways. But we need, um, I think we need somebody to take on the job of actually transpiling a different language to PHP, you know, but just PHP, just something that you can have like language macros or something, you know? I feel like that. I feel like we need another level of metaprogramming to fully unlock like the Galaxy Brain, Laravel, beauty. Because there's a whole class of things where like you get so close, but then you just hit that edge. Yeah, and it always comes down to like what can I do with reflection and what can I not do with right. Reflection, reflection is at the edge for sure. And there's other yeah. things that like I am more and more comfortable with embracing those that edge. Um, like even like like get to find oh this is kind of a fun one this is fun okay you want a quick fun one yeah of course so let's say you have a php file that's just php it's not a class we don't have to pretend i have many right you got one you have a php file just that just a php file with an open php and you can like define variables and stuff like a routes file kind of deal right sure so you got an auto not an auto loaded file basically or maybe it is but it's not psr you know it's not a class it's not a class. That's what I'm trying to say, which is what I said. So let's say you define a few variables freely in the Husker do, you know, just yeah. create a variable, call just it foo equals there. bar, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Then you return a blade string from that. You just return a string that has blade and it can reference those variables. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sick. So like I just did this for fun for some other little experiment. But I realized like when you require a file, duh, this is like old PHP knowledge, obviously. If you require a PHP file in another file, anything you define in that global scope is available where you required it. It's like Mm -hmm. imported into where you required it. So if that file, if you say require that file and it returns a string, you can take that string and do like blade render Mm -hmm. and then just use get defined vars to get Mm -hmm. the variables in the scope and pass them to blade. So in that PHP file, it just appears like there's like JSX where like a template that has access to surrounding scope. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks just like JSX, but blade. And you're like, wait, how would this have access to this scope? But a simple little just like, hey, take the defined vars and pump them back through that string rendering. So I don't know. There's still things like that that excite me that I want to like keep exploring. Yeah. Um, 
but oh like get to find bears that's one that i that it's like these tools that i'm like use them is there things i can do that are awesome with these things the other one is uh, the stack trace like get the stack trace you know that's the dark mm-hmm. one that i i've like the only time i've ever needed that was creating a once helper mm-hmm. or like a memoize function or something a memoize function yeah um and i bailed on it because i thought it's too dirty but you know what i'm saying like you could unlock some stuff if you actually relied on on uh what's it like you know what i'm talking about that function called it where you actually get there's a function in php that you could call it anywhere and it'll give you the stack trace leading up to that line of code at runtime and you could like theoretically use that to like walk back and do exactly. something crazy yes you could basically That's have nutty. contextual knowledge of where that runtime came from uh-huh, uh-huh. so you could be like oh i knew this was called from this other thing because i walked the stack trace whoa that's nuts i know um right (laughs) so dude yeah stuff like that that like excites me and i'm like whoa what could i do with this that's a helper function you want a fucking helper function what's that just like a helper function that's like caller context or whatever and then like give and then like takes a takes like a closure or something that then gets like all dude crazy shit crazy right yeah i don't know definitely crazy stuff yeah i don't know but i i was like exploring building react but liveware like making liveware react and the problem is react is a long-running instance yeah like when they hit the use effect but now now that javascript is becoming like the land of serverless right like i think there's going to be more like that there's gonna be more stuff yeah like the server rendered stuff is like not going away yep yep so like i think react is going to has all the yeah well react is like the idioms are shifting more and more towards like request lifecycle stuff yeah it right it is funny it is and and your observation or maybe it's not but is that like php has been there forever with like yeah. share nothing request life cycles where like uh-huh. node is like long running instance phoenix live view you know you could actually like store things on a long running backend instance but with the way javascript is going it is not in that direction it's right. in yeah. serverless share nothing uh-huh and having to use these third you know whatever other things to provide like stateful database stuff and yeah. web sockety stuff yeah well, we've just traveled the world here, Daniel. Oh, dude, yeah, we didn't even talk. Hours. We don't have to talk about it, but we, I, I released Alpine components, and there's a whole lot to talk about there. Oh, dude, I know. Let's let's record again before a month from now. Yeah, let's and do then that. We'll talk before about Alpine components. Yeah, my family is in town all next week, so I will probably, folks probably won't get an episode till the week after next week. Well, unless Daniel hounds me and forces me to record yeah, some other time, unless we like plan ahead a little bit which like more than five minutes yeah all right very good daniel colborn yeah it's good to be back daniel it's good to be back also you're wearing that disney shirt that is the og livewire logo i know this is this is uh yeah it is and this this is like and this place that i'm in is so to me it's like this trip started with livewire it birthed livewire all the you know so many reminders of like yeah the birth of that stuff. Okay. The sabbatical. The sabbatical. Okay. The sabbatical uh, never was. All right. 
Great. Let's cue, cue it. All right. The cueing it. Outro. Right. Music. Now, now. and now.